0: Welcome to EndTheBible.com, where we tell everyone the truth about God's Word, expose the devil for the lies he tells, and mentor people one-on-one in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for today's special Bible session on miracles. Welcome back. We are here to talk about miracles in the Bible and how they apply to your life. A simple definition about miracle in our dictionary says a surprising and welcoming event that is not explicable by natural or scientific law and is therefore considered to be a work of a divine entity. So when we start to talk about miracles in the Bible, I'm not sure where everybody falls in understanding how they affect our lives. However, I want to go into some examples where there are individuals who perform miracles in the Bible. And I want to go and visit Acts chapter 3 in the NIV Bible and talk about Peter. It says, starting at verse 6 then peter said silver or gold i do not have but what i do have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gates called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So we can see here in the book of Acts that Peter had the opportunity to go up to a gentleman that was lame and was not able to give him money. However, he was able to give him a great gift, which was the ability to be able to walk. And not only did he give him that ability to walk, the people, after seeing what had happened to the man, were very amazed at what had taken place in this gentleman's life. We also see in the book of Exodus, where Moses and Aaron actually performed miracles in the Bible as well. In Exodus seven, it reads, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonder in Egypt, he will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hands on Egypt, and my mighty acts of judgment, I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites. And the Egyptian will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. If we move further down into verse 8, of Exodus 7 in the NIV Bible. It says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh say to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff, throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a stake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. So you can see that Aaron did exactly what the Lord told him to do and what the Lord spoke is what came to pass. If we move down to Exodus chapter 7 and go on to 14, we also see that Moses performs an actual miracle as well. It said, then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the river. Confront him on the bank of the Niles and take in your hand the staff that was changed into a snake. Then say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, Let my people go, so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. This is what the Lord says by this you will know that i am the lord with the staff that is in my hand i will strike the water of the nile it will be changed into blood the fish in the nile will die and the river will stink and the egyptian will not be able to drink its water if we move into verse 19 it says the lord says to moses tell aaron take the staff and stretch out your hand over the water of Egypt, over the streams and the canal, over the ponds, over all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in the vessels of the woods and the stone. Verse 20, Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised the staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials and struck the water of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. So, we can see that miracles are performed in the Bible. We saw it performed by Peter. We saw it performed by Moses and Aaron because they did exactly as the Lord had commanded them to do. There's more accounts where angels were able to perform miracles as well. And we see that in Genesis 19, verse 11. Or we can go into detail and look at Paul, Acts 14 and verse nine through 11 talks about another account where a miracle was performed. But the key understanding is that we also know that Jesus performed miracles, several of his miracles. All of us are very familiar with the first one that was ever performed, which was the water being turned into wine or about the Royal son being healed. Or how about our miracle where everybody talks about Jesus walking on the water? And how about it's feeding thousands of people? If we were to turn to John chapter 6 in the Bible and then read from chapter 6 verses 16 through 24 in the NIV Bible, you will see how... Jesus actually performed another miracle before the people. Jesus was very famous for performing a lot of different miracles in the Bible. And this reads in John 6, 16 to 24, where Jesus was walking on the water. It said, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into the boat and set off across the lake to Capernaum. By now, it was dark, and Jesus had not joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and water grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. We realize that Jesus was there as the disciples were in the boat, and he comes out. To them in order to meet them. So what does Jesus' miracles prove? Some talk about human needs. Jesus was very compassionate about the people. It showed deliverance. When he fed the 5,000, it showed that he could stop people from being hungry. It also was a genuine sign of Jesus' relationship to his father. But not only can Jesus and his apostles and followers in that day also perform signs and wonders and miracles, some people right now can also perform miracles. And let's go to Mark chapter 16. And we're going to read through Mark 16 and read verses 15 through 19. And that's in the niv bible as well and it says he said to them go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned verse 17 and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name they will drive out demons they will speak in tongues they will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all they will place their hand on the sick and they will get well but let's go back because we see in 18 is saying that is the sign to those that do believe now what I hear there's a lot of controversy on whether or not if people are saved or not saved if they don't speak in tongues. What I can see here in Mark chapter six, it says that one, you need to believe, two, you need to be baptized. It did not just say that speaking in tongues was the only sign that God gave that people were a true follower of Christ. That it was about driving out demons, speaking in tongues, being able to pick up dangerous reptiles, drink poison, Perform miracles, signs, and wonders. But the key was making sure that you are accepting Jesus, that you have been baptized, and that it is a sign if you can do one of these that are mentioned in Mark. But not only do we need to understand that miracles are a sign, we need to know that they are a gift. That is something that God gives out. And everybody's gift is not going to be the same. A lot of people have a lot of controversy on whether or not miracles is an actual gift. And so we can go into... 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses seven through 10. And it says now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to one. There is given through the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another, the gift of healing, that one spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretations of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. It says that we are one body, but we have many different members. You have one body, but your whole body cannot be your head. Your whole body cannot be your leg. That is how God is showing us that there are different gifts and signs that say that people who have accepted Jesus and follow after him and have been baptized, there are many ways to recognize these individuals. This needs to be clear because... A lot of people who believe in God are staying away from the churches, are not coming in because people are saying, well, the only gift and the only sign that you can have is speaking in tongue. It does not just say speaking in tongue, it gives many, many, many different signs. And Jesus said, these are the many different signs that follow them. Do all have the gift of healing? So we're all not going to have the gift. Do we all speak in tongue? Do we all interpret? Now eagerly desire the gifts. If we go back into verse number 28, it says, and God has placed in the church. First, all the apostles, second, the prophet, third, the teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing and of helping of guidance and of different kinds of tongues. So we can see that miracles is a gift. It is something that each one of us may have. You may have two gifts. You may have three gifts it is a gift that people are given that does not mean you cannot have two different gifts but realize they are a sign from God if you have accepted Jesus and if you have been baptized it's a sign for us to know that Jesus is working in and through us if you have this gift of being able to do signs and wonders and miracles we need to understand that God will give you the assistance to perform any miracles in his name. He will give you the assistance. He will give the authority to be able to walk in that. You say, okay, well, where is that in the Bible? And how is that possible? We can go to Acts and we can go to chapter number 14 and we can start at verse number two. And we see in here it says, but the Jews who refused and believed and stirred up the other Gentiles, and poisoned their minds against the brother. Verse 3, So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. You may have people against you that don't want you to perform God's miracles, signs, and wonders. However, God will give you the ability, just like he did, the apostles in the Bible. He will give you what you need. He will assist you. It will be a time that you're able to perform how God would like for you to perform. And that is what's very important, that we have to be bold enough to know that God is yet with us. God will give you the boldness, and you should walk in that boldness. If we were to look in second Thessalonians and look at chapter number two, this is more centered around the end time coming. It says, the man of the lawless. And starting at verse number eight, the Bible reads, and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the way that the wickedness deceive those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. So let me explain this scripture. If we were to look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 all the way down to verse 12, it's talking about the time in which Satan is going to be released on this earth and he's going to be permitted the opportunity to cause you to believe a lie if you choose not to believe God. If you choose not to love the truth, if you choose not to be saved, God is a gentleman. He is not going to force anyone to be in his will. He gives you an opportunity to be there. But know that there is a moment when it comes to the miracle signs and wonders that The lawless one, which is the enemy, will have the opportunity to be able to deceive those who have chosen not to accept God, the Father, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and personal Savior. Why? Because we need to understand while the time is able to follow God and choose him and speak of him, we need to be right there, deciding this is what we want to do. And he is talking to us who have yet decided to follow him and to those who have yet not decided to follow him. But the message in 13 verses 13 says, but we ought always to thank God for you brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruit to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through the belief in the truth. He want us to believe the truth. In verse 14, he called you to go to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I urge you, anyone who is out there and you believe in miracles, you believe in signs and wonders, and but yet you have decided that you don't want to follow Jesus, there is a time in which Satan will be able to trick you. And God doesn't want anybody to be tricked, anybody to be deceived. So that is why it is important to follow Jesus. It's important in order to say, I'm going to love the truth and I'm going to be saved. That's not A twisted truth where we want it to fit our lives. Like I said earlier in some of our audio sessions, the truth that we tell, part of it is going to make you feel good. And sometimes it's not going to make you feel good. So this prayer is for those who want to be saved, who want to come back to God. All you have to do is repeat and say, Father, come into my heart, cleanse me. Wash me. Take away my sins. Make me whole again. And if you have decided to allow Jesus to be a part of your life and take control of the will, I congratulate you on coming into the will of God. Thank you for listening to today's session on InTheBible.com. Until next time, study to show thyself approved to God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. For questions or comments, please email us at questions at in the Bible.com.